Hey, hello, my friends. Pastor Daryl here, and you're joining me in Walking Faith, Not in Fear podcast. I believe this is number 19. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. But either way, thanks for tuning in and checking me out. And I pray and ask you to continue to tune in and check me out. Maybe share me with some friends. And if you would, I'd, I'd appreciate it. Uh, let me talk to the Lord in prayer real quick. Or open in a word of prayer to the Lord real quick. Dear Lord God, again, I... I just thank you, Lord. I, I give you praise and glory and honor. And I, I am honored, Lord God, that you would use me as a vessel to bring forth your word and, and to do your kingdom work here on earth. And I, and I thank you for that. And I pray today, Lord God, as, as I speak from my heart of the words you've uh, laid upon me, Lord God, that it may have the ability to reach out and touch someone, maybe give them some clarity. And again, I just thank you and I pray you always use me. I'm always willing to be open to what your will is and to do your works. In Jesus' name, I ask this. Amen. 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 Well, again, I thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, here I am sitting in my church in the office in my little sanctuary within the sanctuary. And I come in today and I was kind of pondering some things. And I picked up my uh, Bible here and kind of flipped through. And I come to a spot I liked. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Well, anyway, I thought, I thought I'd talk about that today. I want to I wanna just talk a minute a little bit about uh, our purpose. Uh let me start where here. Well, let me start with this. What come to mind when I was doing this is a while back I had to uh, take my wife in for a, a procedure, and uh, I was sitting there in the waiting room while she's getting it done, and I was reading, and I come across this survey. Now, this was an old magazine sitting there, so it's dated. I don't know how long, but this ain't nothing new or fresh. It was just in a pile. And well, anyway, it was, uh, I believe it was USA Today. I don't, don't even quote me on that. I'm not sure. But the survey had asked what caught my eye was, if you could ask God any question, what would it be? So I thumbed through it a little bit and kind of just kind of highlighted it, if you would. And Well, anyway, the number one response was, what is my life's purpose? Wow. And that got me thinking about, uh, I don't know if you guys remember that Purpose Driven Life, uh, that book was written by Rick Warren. And you know, that, that book actually sold more copies than that. Remember the South Beach diet? That was the crave in its day. And then, then we had the Da Vinci Code. But that, that book, uh, A Purpose Driven Life, outsold South Beach diet and the Da Vinci Code together, man. It was just a powerful, powerful uh, book. Well, anyway, it's got me thinking about the need people have to know what and, or why they were created, including myself, you know. See, the truth is we're made with a purpose, a life's purpose, if you would. You know, the prophet Jeremiah, he put it this way. He says, I know the plans I have for you, decrees the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You were born with a purpose and a plan in mind, and, and you're wired to seek out that purpose and fulfill it. Wow. See, I, I believe there's two great days in a person's life. Now, this I heard somewhere. I don't know. It might have been somebody's sermon, or it might have been somewhere, but... I remember this. This is back in the day, too, if you would. There's two days in a person's life. Uh, the first day is the day they were born. And then the second day is the day they discover what they were born for. Ah, wow. See, I remember after my conversion, if you would, when, when, when my coming to moment Jesus day, day itself, I told him, you know, I surrendered to him then. I says, do whatever, man. Do what you want with me. Then after thinking about that, I had to ask him, what do you want to do with my life? I, 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 I be honest with you, I really didn't know what way to turn. You know? 
then, 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 then well, as I surrendered and I started moving forward, then, well, then I got a little more intuitive to what he was saying to me. And I think anybody that's just becoming new in Christianity understands what I'm talking about. And those of you who've been here a while figured it out on your own. But anyway, I heard, I heard, he answered me, if you would. I, I heard the call to become a minister. <laughs> My life's not been the same since, I ain't going to lie. But, but then I, I, I knew the reason God created me. I guess what I'm asking you is, what about you? Do you? How many of you are sure what your life's purpose is? Huh. Some of you are still trying to clarify what your life's purpose is, you know? Let me, let me read you something. This is what got me started on this whole thought today. I, I was in Mark. I read Mark 8. I, I just grabbed a couple uh, scriptures out of here, verses. I want to read this to you. 31 through 30, 35, and it says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chiefs, priests, and scribes and be killed after three days rise again. He spoke this word openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned around and looked at the disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. When he had called the people to himself with his disciples, also he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. Mm. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So what do we learn about discovering God's purpose for our life? Well, I'd say first you have to begin to see things from God's perspective, okay? Uh, see, in our scripture today, Jesus tells the disciples uh, 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 of his soon-to-be death, if you would, the, cru the crucifixion and the resurrection. Now, I imagine that was shocking to the disciples to think that Jesus would die this humiliating death uh, worse than most of the criminals of that day, if you would. I mean, I imagine once they heard that, they probably didn't even hear the part about the resurrection, truthfully. Well, anyway, P Peter was so distraught that he took Jesus aside and he told him he shouldn't say things like that. Jesus said to Peter very sternly, Get away from me, Satan. There's nothing worse than being called Satan in the moment, if you know what I mean. See, see, Peter was looking at what Jesus was saying through the world's eyes. If you're ever going to discover God's purpose for your life, you have to begin to see things from God's perspective and not our point of view. Oh boy, hello, that's hard. Now, now that includes with how you look at yourself. Listen to me, my friends. You are a child of God. You are precious in God's eyes. I don't care who you are or what you said or done. It will never change God's point of view of you. Too often we live our life through the guilt and shame of our past. See, the world teaches us that we're not worthy because of who we are or what we were or, or our past, if you want to put it that way. But nothing could be farther from the truth. Jesus died on that cross so you might be freed from all of that. But more than that, God's grace is so incredible that he can actually redeem the sins of your past and use them for his purpose. Amen. Hear me. Listen to me. Whoever I'm talking to today... God created you with a divine purpose in mind, and nothing can change that. You are an integral part of his plan of redemption and salvation for the world. So, so stop looking at yourself through the world's eyes and start looking at yourself through God's eyes. Amen? Listen to me. Second, second, you have to have, you have, to have the right 
the, 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 the right motives. See, to discover God's purpose, you, you, you have to pray for God to reveal why or what he made for you. We have to pray for what he made for us because we don't, we don't want to live it. That's a dangerous prayer. That, or it can be. That you, not only can it radically change your life, but that's when you begin to become a world changer. But you must have the right motives. See, Peter disagreed with Jesus dying on the cross because he, Peter, didn't want to lose Jesus. And, and right, rightly so, a good friend or whatever. Who could, who could blame him if you would? It's never okay with losing a friend or a loved one, right? But when Jesus reprimanded Peter, he was saying to him, you keep approaching your life from the motive of self-interest rather than looking at your life from the motives of God. See, as long as you are focused on your wants, your ambitions, your goals, and your security, and your comfort, you'll never discover God's purpose for your life or the joy of living it. Wow. See, Jesus said, you'll find your life by losing it in the work of God. The only way you are going to find your life and the abundant life purpose God has created for you is not to use God for your purpose or fulfillment, but to let loose your life in the work of God. Hmm. Jesus, on multiple occasions, he pointed out that he was here to do the one thing, to do the work of the Father who sent him. No other reason. He put it this way, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. See, that's where we find abundant life. When our very substance is to every day live out the will of God who created us and to finish his work in the years we have been given here on earth. Again and again and again and again, he said through the Gospel of John, for the works that our the Father has given me to finish, these are the works that I am doing. Every day, Jesus was aligning his life purpose to what God was doing in the world. Understand, we got it backwards. See, truth is, we often think God is there to promote and provide and protect our, 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 our self-interest when, 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 when we are here to promote the interest and work of God in the world. That is why God, uh, Jesus said, Lord, if at all possible, let this cup pass me by. But not my will, but your will be done. It's got to be about God, not us. Another, another point is it's about the journey, not the destination. See, in our scripture, Jesus tells the disciples about his journey to the cross. Too often, we always have that the end in mind, if you would, when the reality is God is often more concerned about our journey along the way. We tend to think that if Jesus compels us to do something and, and we are obedient to him, that God is leading us toward a particular end or a desired goal, but not necessarily. He's not. The question of whether or not we arrive at a particular goal is a little important. I, 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 and reaching it becomes merely an episode along the way. See, what we see is only the process of reaching a particular end. God sees as the goal itself. So, what is my vision of God's purpose for me? Well, for me, whatever it may be, his purpose is for me to depend on him and his power alone. And now. See, if I can stay calm, faithful, and unconfused while in the middle of a turmoil or a storm of life, 
The goal and the purpose of God is being accomplished within me. God is not working towards a particular finish. His purpose is the process itself. What he desires for me is that I see him with no success, no goal, insight, no, no, or, but, 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 but simply having the absolute certainty that everything is all right because I see him. It's not the process. It's not the outcome. It's none of that that's glorifying God. Amen? And then and also we got to expect opposition when we do this. For Jesus, the opposition in our scripture came from the most loved and committed disciple. Here's the thing about opposition. It's not a matter of it's going to come. Oh, no. It's about it's a matter of when it's going to come and from whom. What our text tells us today is sometimes it's from within well, it's from within the church, within our little group, if you would. Among the followers of Christ, and other times, it could be from the world. Regardless, we need to expect this opposition. Sometimes sooner rather than later. Well, let me say this. No, no, after Jesus was baptized, the Spirit immediately led him out of the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Okay, Jesus set aside his own agenda for the purpose of the Father. He committed his life to whatever it took to do the will and the work of his father. Immediately, Satan was thinking, how do I defeat this? Tempted him with self, three temptations to Jesus, all personal appetite, position, and possessions. Think about it. We're always tempted to take care of ourselves first. The truth is, if I am living God's purpose in my life, I have one responsibility, to seek God's purpose and to trust his provision. Amen? See, now, 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 now let me hit one more point, and then, I, then I'll shut up here. You have to get off the bench and get into the game. That's very important, my friends. What is the one thing in, 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 that you could say in, in this world that, are, that you're willing to die for? I'm trying to think if I want to word this. What's the one thing in this world today that you're willing to die for? All right, what one cause or group or a people gets you more excited than anything else? It could be volunteering in our, our like for example, I use our church in our closet here, outreach ministry, uh, commodities and food. It could be uh, volunteering there. It could be mentoring kids. It could be volunteering help. We do we do a soup kitchen here. We do a, a once a month a dinner here. We could be volunteering there. You could be ministering to victims of domestic violence or ministering from those suffering. We do a, a, a Christ-centered recovery group here. You could be ministering to those suffering from addictions. See, friends, if God has given you a passion and he has given you the spiritual gifts to serve, to build up, and to make other people whole, it's not about you and making your life more comfortable. There's always this temptation when God calls. When you, by faith, step out into God's calling and you are willing to lose your life, God can do amazing things. There will be a miraculous, exponential multiplication of your life's energy. How was that for a big group of words, huh? Your life will take on a new meaning and a new purpose. You will become a world changer. Your life will be more fulfilling and, and joy-filled. It is amazing. It is amazing what God will do when you say, Here I am, Lord, use me. See, friends, our responsibility is not to seek his provision. He, meaning God, God's promises, God promises us. If we seek first his kingdom 
and his righteousness, everything else will be taken care of. See, the truth is, some of us right here listening today seek blessings when in reality we need to come here to serve, to serve him. When we come together as a community of God's people to be the door of service through which Christ can serve the world, well, the only guaranteed opportunity for impact is today. Amen? See, God knows our heart. God knows your heart. And in your spirit, if you're saying yes to Jesus, well, can I ask you to raise your hand up? Oh, stand tall and say, here I am, whatever it takes, wherever you call, wherever you want me to go, Lord. Here I am. Use me. I want to follow you. And if you maybe lost that urge, maybe this would be a good time to take a minute and just put your head down and ask the Lord, tell the Lord, I want to recommit myself to your service, Lord. Use me in a powerful way. And if you ever haven't committed yourself unto the Lord, I say there's no time like the present. Amen, amen, amen. That's all I got, my friends. Till next time, bye for now.